0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Consumer Financial Protection Bureau breach, my interview with real estate agent Justin Rossi on how buyer's agents can best work with mortgage companies, and a quick look at U.S. debt ceiling drama. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor,
1: Candor. Candor's patented automated underwriting decision engine, Cognitech, is a state-of-the-art 100% machine platform that can handle infinite loan scenarios. The portability allows clients to plug in the technology wherever an underwrite happens during the loan lifecycle, from point-of-sale to servicing. Clients can instantly scale to match loan volumes, improve quality to mitigate repurchase risk, and boost liquidity.
0: Cander Can do. Mary 420, which coincidentally is the current yield on the two-year treasury note. <laughs> What's in your wallet? Or maybe I should say, who's in your wallet? A Consumer Financial Protection Bureau or CFPB employees sent confidential consumer data on roughly 256,000 people to the personal email account in what the agency described as a major incident. The data which the CFPB says the former employee had authorized access to, included personally identifiable information, such as names and transaction-specific account numbers of consumers of seven institutions. As industry vet as industry vet Brian Benjamin asks, quote, "Didn't Richard Cordray assure us that personal information isn't handled by the CFPB?" End quote." Speaking of big data, Big Brother and privacy, If you're a Facebook member, there's a class action lawsuit entitling people to a piece of the pie. For the link to that story, as well as latest employment opportunities, lender and vendor products and services, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I want to welcome to the show Reno Home Group real estate agent Justin Rossi to talk about how buyers agents can best work with mortgage companies.
2: Lovely to have you back on the show. How are you?
3: Doing good. How about you?
2: Never better. Never better. So you're actually my first repeat realtor to come on. And I wanted to start by asking you, because I feel like I failed to do so last time. How do you feel like as a realtor, you bring value to your clients and you can set yourself apart from other realtors?
3: So we've been in the business seven years and I would have a different answer two to three years ago. Uh, but now it's 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 really knowledge and understanding your market and your vendors. So your contractor list is super important. And I think a lot of realtors do not have knowledge of construction. And they're just like, oh, that's for somebody else to tell you. Um, but it comes up a lot when you're looking at homes. You kind of have to know how to estimate pricing, you know, roughly. Um, but very often, I think people are way off on what things cost. And to be able to connect them with the right people to make sure that they can get their vision to fruition is is pretty important. And, and, and setting them up for success versus, here you go, I'm selling you the house. Uh, here's a contractor. They should be able to help you. And then $200,000 later, they're like, what, you know, this this, you know, this is killing us kind of thing. Um, So just your knowledge of that knowledge of your product, right? Homes. Um, One thing I do um, when we're showing homes is I don't just look at the updates. Everybody wants to see the updates. I look at the street, take a good look at the street, take a look at the neighbors, parking situation views, look at the roof, look at the windows, Look at all the main systems: your HVAC, your AC, your water heater—things um, that are going to cost a lot of money to replace or repair that you don't typically always just spot right away to the untrained eye. So those are some of the things I do as a buyer's an agent, um, and then just being in tune with what what the market is, what interest rates are, how does that translate into a three hundred thousand dollar loan? You have to kind of. And so I guess the short answer would be just just your knowledge of the product. And knowledge
2: will help build trust with clients. But uh, I got a hard-hitting question for you here. And that is, as an agent working with a buyer, it benefits your commission at the end of the day to get them to pay more rather than less. How do you keep their, their trust uh, while not having them overpay to pad your own
3: pockets? Yeah, I mean... That's what it looks like on paper, but the difference between uh, let's say a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar sale and a three hundred and eighty thousand dollar sale is really I don't calculate that at all um that's not my that's not my interest is you know the, making the commission sure we want to get paid, but you know the difference between saving your client ten thousand dollars is not going to benefit us that much when you're thinking two and a half percent in the scheme of things so every client um when we're going to offer it depends on the situation is this home just hitting the market is it the first weekend is there other showings before and after us is it priced well well do you know if it's priced well because you've looked at comparables? so a really good comparable you know market analysis uh you know comparing apples to apples and and figuring out what else has sold in the neighborhood and then kind of trying to compare and contrast and you know if there's competition then we can't just come in with a low ball offer so you know knowing the timing is is huge and of course you we want to get our our client the best deal i don't i don't think that you know we're trying to upsell them to make more money we're just trying to get them the home they presented Hey, I want to buy this house. We can see ourselves here. Okay, I've done my job. They found the house. Now let's take a look at the numbers and you know what kind of competition. And then your relationship with other realtors. You know, as you get more experience, you have other realtors that you've worked with, and they know that you're going to deliver, and you know that you're a good agent to work with. You communicate well. Um, so yeah, you're, you're looking at a lot of things, but. The biggest thing is your comparable sales. Is this home going to appraise Um, is a huge issue. And we're not seeing that as much this year as we were the last two to three years where people were overpaying just to get the home and then having this huge gap from the appraisal value to the sales price and then trying to renegotiate the price at that point.
2: Is there one piece of advice you feel like is good for giving clients that you've learned over time to get them in the right house at the right price
3: i mean you are the one with the experience they're relying on you um sometimes buyers are in a rush and they're kind of frantic and they'll just they're like this is going to work but you know it has to work kind of thing We're, we're in this time crunch um, and then you have some buyers that take years and years and years and years and then eventually get priced out of the market. So it's a it's a balancing act. You got to know your client, which is hard to do you know, with just a few showings. So you, you have to understand where they're coming from, their financial situation, their time- timeline. And then when you find a house that you feel is a good fit um, compared to the other houses you've seen, you help them understand the value. Um, that's with this house. Um, and sometimes you have to give a gentle nudge and sometimes you have to like, kind of pull back the reins and say, Hey, I'm seeing stuff. Maybe you're not seeing about this house. Um, that's going to cost you money, or I can see you being unhappy with down the road. So sometimes you have to kind of like cool them off and sometimes you have to prop them up a bit.
2: You work in the Reno market, so you can obviously speak to the, the Reno market better than the national market. But what changes have you seen over the last, call it 12 to 15 or 16 months in the appetite or thought process of
3: buyers? Um, it's <laughs> It's changed drastically, as we all know. I mean, we went from 3% interest rates to... Let's say six. Um, You know, we're seeing still fives with buy downs and stuff like that, but you know, that's going to affect their monthly payment drastically. Um, So I think we have less buyers in the market. A lot of people probably hit the pause button or renting, um, but there's still a lot of well employed buyers out there that are very motivated and there's still a lack of inventory in our market. So for example, last summer, I think in July, we had about 1,400 to 1,500 homes on the market in Reno Sparks. And today we have 550. Um, so we are once again with that inventory crunch, there's just not a ton available. Um, and the, the pricing uh, has fallen off, I would say about 10% from, from last year. But we're starting to see prices start to go back up because of that inventory crunch. And then interest rates are starting to moderate. Um, So there's been a lot of changes on the buy side of things. On the listing side, the reason we don't have the inventory is the move up buyers that want to sell their home and say, get a bigger home, nicer home, nicer location, whatever it may be, are staying put because they're going to have to trade that interest rate for a much much higher interest rate so it depends you know on their motivation on how badly they want to move but i think we're seeing sellers just kind of ratchet back a little bit and say hey let's stay put for a little bit longer and then that's adding to our inventory crunch and the new builds although they have slowed down they're they're pricier um we don't have a lot of new build homes that are in that median price range or below which is where most of our buyers are right now um at least the activity is that you know four to six hundred thousand range in our market i believe that last time
2: i had you on i asked about how mortgage companies can best serve their clients or i guess common hiccups you see Uh, which I I think in your opinion, you said it was easier to work with local rather than national lenders. But I want to flip that around and say, how can a real estate agent best serve a mortgage company and be the easiest real estate agent
3: to work with? We have a handful of of mortgage brokers that we work with um, and we try to match them. Of course, we always, you know, we give three mortgage brokers, typically when we have a buyer that's asking um for a recommendation. And uh, just to be fair, and let them help shop um, and help them understand pricing. Cause that's, I think, one thing that's kind of tricky from a realtor's side is you don't know necessarily what the origination fee, what the processing fee, all their fees. You can you can look at interest rates, but different lenders have different programs. And still to this day, you know, I don't pretend to understand that side of the business. I think I, I follow rates, and I have a handful of lenders that we've worked with that we've had good experience with. Um, and so the, I guess how a realtor can help a mortgage broker is communicate, um, let them know what they're walking into. You know, hey, I have so and so that's going to give you a call. Here's their story. Here's what they're looking for. You know, kind of prep them a little bit on on how the buyer is going to be and then understand what they're looking at on their side and know their process you know we have one lender that we work with that asks for the seller's real property disclosure which is odd you know but they they have to have it for their company um so we haven't we haven't seen that a lot so knowing knowing mortgage brokers understanding their business and their process and just trying to help it you know kind of the escrow process runs smoothly by by communication and, and knowing what the hiccups are going to be uh, in front of it. So I always prep our buyers with the hardest part of this process. Yes, we have to get through inspections is going to be the lending process. They're going to ask for a lot of documents. So I give them a list of what you want to have on hand for that pre-approval. And they're probably going to ask for more documents. And and just kind of prep them knowing going in that they're, you know, it's going to be a process. You're going to have to communicate a lot with the lender and, and provide documents in a timely manner so that we can close the deal on time.
2: And for those out there that feel like uh, you've given very knowledgeable answers, seem like a trustworthy guy and want to work with you in the Reno Sparks area, what's the best contact information or follow up from here?
3: Um yeah, they can reach out via email, Justin at RenoHomegroup.com. They can go to our website, renohomegroup.com. Uh, look for Justin Rossi, Reno, Realtor, and you'll find me. I thought you were like a TikTok influencer superstar or something, no. Oh man, we're we're lagging on the TikTok. We're starting to get old. You know, <laughs> <starting> <laughs> oh man, just say, hey, 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 hey we uh, you know we built a pretty good following on Instagram and uh I, I you know I'm having trouble keeping up at the times so I think what happens is I follow all the other realtors and lenders until and so you start seeing this information and videos and you kind of feel like oh this is already out there it's already been done but what you don't realize is, I have a whole different group of followers. They're typically not just a bunch of lenders and realtors. You're trying to get that information out to your sphere and I would be good to remember that and and do the videos uh that are required now to to keep that attention. That's funny. Borrowers
2: when they when they decide to work with a realtor, they probably want someone that's done it a million times before. But when you're trying to figure out how to find new borrowers, they want to see you think they want to see things that have never been done before. So that's a tough tough balance to uh Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, how can I be creative? You know, you don't always want to see a realtor just talking about real estate nonstop. We did a we did a, like a local business spotlight where we spotlight different different spots in town. Uh we've been sending uh just handwritten letters with the with a free drink ticket um to like new local bar or stuff like that to just stay in, in touch and not always be talking about real estate rates, the market, you know, sometimes people like that information, but you gotta be a little, little broader than that. So we, we we, share a lot about interior design, you know, cause that's what people really wanna see is, hey, okay, I got this home now, can, how can I make it my own? What's the trends? Turns out gray is not, not as popular as it was two years ago, you know? Completely understand.
2: Well, uh... I very much enjoyed this. Maybe dancing rather than talking is the future for you. Uh, uh, Looking looking forward to having you back on at some point.
3: Dancing? Oh, man.
0: Despite no top-tier data yesterday, mortgage rates once again trended higher with much of the bond market's focus on the debt ceiling, the Fed's beige book, and the existing MBS supply hitting the market. House Speaker McCarthy announced a plan to increase the debt ceiling by $1.5 billion or until March 31, 2024, whichever comes first, in exchange for some spending cuts. This plan, however, is not expected to make it through the Senate, which sets the stage for a political blame game between political parties. Separately, the Fed released its April Beige Book, which reported little change in activity since the March release. There are 12 districts in the Federal Reserve System. And nine districts reported essentially no change, while three reported modest growth. Consumer spending was flat to down slightly, while auto sales remained stable. Tourism improved across most districts, while manufacturing activity was unchanged or down. Freight volumes were also flat or down modestly. There was no significant change in residential real estate sales, while lending volumes and loan demand decreased. Finally, the pace of employment growth slowed, while price levels rose moderately. Today's busy calendar kicked off with Philadelphia Fed manufacturing for April, which was down to negative 31.3 from negative 23.2, and weekly jobless claims, which came in at 245,000, up from 240,000, with continuing claims in at 1.865 million. The FDIC via BlackRock is expected to release another agency MBS sales list in the 200 million to $300 million range from the failed SVB and signature bank portfolios at 9 a.m. Eastern to trade closer to 11 a.m. Eastern. Other economic releases include existing home sales for March, leading indicators for March, and Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey. Treasury then announces the month-end supply consisting of $42 billion of two-year, $43 billion of five-year, and $35 billion of seven-year notes, followed by an auction of $21 billion of five-year tips. No less than six Fed speakers are scheduled. We begin 420 with agency MBS prices about an eighth to a quarter better than Wednesday's close, and the tenure yielding 3.53 after closing yesterday at 3.60%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I took my wife out to a fancy restaurant last night. She wore a slinky dress. She looked great coming down the stairs. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Candor.
1: Candor's patented automated underwriting decision engine, Cognitech, is a state-of-the-art 100% machine platform that can handle infinite loan scenarios. The portability allows clients to plug in the technology wherever an underwrite happens during the loan lifecycle, from point-of-sale to servicing. Clients can instantly scale to match loan volumes, improve quality to mitigate repurchase risk, and boost liquidity. Candor Can do.